0: When Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he learned the power and the love of God. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we learn lessons from the Exodus and God's great rescue. We are in episode 54 of our study, Exodus, God's Great Rescue, where we're looking at God and Moses having this discussion on Mount Sinai And we're trying to figure out, God's trying to tell him all the different things that he should do. Uh, And now God's going to go into the discussion about the Ark of the Covenant, which is a fascinating, fascinating thing. So let's just get into it, and then we'll see where it takes us. Let's see, here we go. Um, This is now Exodus chapter 25, verse 10. Have them, this is the Israelites, make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark, they are not to be removed. Then put the ark, the tablets of the covenant, then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law, which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide, and make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub one on one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherub of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other, looking toward the cover. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark, the tablets of the covenant law that I will give you. There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the covenant law, I will meet you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. All right. So, this, my friends, is a detailed description from God of what he's looking for. He doesn't say, okay, make an ark of the covenant. No, he is commanding them to make out of very specific materials a very specific design a very specific shape and very specifically what is to go into this ark of the covenant this is this is the ark of the covenant this will contain uh we know from earlier in exodus that it will contain the manna that that they remember every day they wake up and there's manna and they have these uh these jars of manna. Well, one of those is going to go in here, and then he's saying that also he wants the the books, the the Ten Commandments, the the covenantal law to go in here also. So there is so much to be said about this um, that we could probably go for a week. But I think I'll break it down into different, do a couple different things. So the first thing I want to break it down into is uh, what does it look like, and uh, if you go to um, different websites, you'll find pictures of what it could look like. It's obviously gold. It's it's probably, what, six feet by two feet, maybe four feet high or something like that. Uh, it has poles of acacia wood in it. Sitting on top of it are two cherubim that are facing each other. They're pounded gold. They're beautiful gold. This must be an amazing, amazing uh, ark. And the reason why I say it's probably an amazing ark is because goal, fashioning things out of gold at that time would have been a trade or a craft that the Israelites would have known. Today, we don't have very many craftsmen that do artwork like this. We don't have stonemasons. We don't have, most of the things that we do today are not working with with the materials that God gave us, like gold and steel. I mean, there are some artists out there that do work with it still. But this would have been at a time in history where a craftsman would have been able to fashion something out of gold, a material that was readily available to them then, that is not so readily available to us now, that would have probably surpassed any other thing that was ever made. We, we can't assume that because it was thousands of years ago that it was shoddy work. What we should assume and probably expect is that this would have been made out of a material, a construction material, and a form of which this is the height of their civilization to make. When, when we uh, lived in Europe, when Christianity moved into Europe, they would build cathedrals and they built for their time the beauty of what was available at their time frame. Every generation when called upon to build something to reflect their love for God, uses the material and the style and the shape and the things that they have available to them at that point in time. And that's what they use. Now, remember also that they're a nomadic tribe. They're going to spend 40 days in the wilderness and this will be their quote unquote sanctuary. This will be where the presence of God exists. This this Ark of the Covenant will contain within it the covenantal law of God. And so the presence of God will be embedded in the Ark of the Covenant. So as they carry this Ark and move it around, this becomes their focal point and their their heart, their, their, um, their love for God. All of these things will be contained in this Ark of the Covenant. Now, eventually, they move over into Jerusalem and they build the temple, and the temple becomes the place of, the, of of the holiness of God. And then Jesus comes, and Jesus Himself becomes the holiness of God. So this is, in some ways, could you could say this is a precursor of Jesus. This this covenant, this this ark of the covenant, is a type or a precursor or an image or a symbol or something that that prefigures Jesus. So we could go through this Ark and just see what kinds of things are on this Ark that prefigure Jesus. Obviously, Jesus came to fulfill the law. The law is in the Ark of the Covenant. There's beauty. There's two cherubim. The cherubim will be surrounding Jesus at the end of time on the throne. Uh, This is the mercy seat also. This becomes the mercy seat Uh, This is um, where God's forgives sins. Uh, Everything that God is exists in this covenant or in this Ark of the Covenant. And it is, uh, I would love to see it. (laughs) I'd like to book my ticket and fly to wherever this thing is and get in line and do the tour of the covenant. But the unfortunate of the Ark of the Covenant, unfortunately, we have no idea where it is. Um, So in the 80s, what what movie, when did that movie come out? Probably 80, I don't know, 89, maybe. I'm just going to guess 80, 89, ark, uh, Indiana Jones and, um, and the Ark of the Covenant. Well, And the lo- Indiana Jones, um, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's it, the Lost Ark. This is the Lost Ark. And Indiana Jones finds out where the Ark of the Covenant is, and he's going to go and he's going to get it. He's going to rescue it from the Nazis of Germany because there's so much power in the Ark of the Covenant that if it were ever opened, the Angel of Death would unleash its Angel of Death onto the earth. And uh, and Indiana Jones does not want this to happen. And so he is going to rescue the Ark of the Covenant so that it does not get... Um, Into the hands of the wrong people and of course it does get into the hands of the wrong people and yes they do open it up but uh, Indiana Jones and his girlfriend or whatever are spared because they don't look at the angel of death they close their eyes but everybody else that looks upon the angel of death dies so there's a whole bunch of things I love about that movie first of all that it is it goes all the way back to the Ark of the Covenant so it when that movie came out everybody's like what in the world is this Ark of the Covenant well this is it uh, th- this is the Ark of the Covenant. Is is the Angel of Death really in the Ark of the Covenant? Well, probably not. That's you know that's a little stretching of what, you know what was in the uh, in the Ark of the Covenant. Um, could could it have been something that the Nazis in Germany would have been looking for? Absolutely, not necessarily for the power, although perhaps, but probably more likely that if this Ark of the Covenant ever came out and was seen. Uh, It would be probably the most incredible archaeological find ever. I, you know, we talk about Noah's Ark and how wonderful that would be to find Noah's Ark. Well, finding the Ark of the Covenant with all of the beauty and the majesty and the Ten Commandments and the the little, you know, the, the manna, the jar of manna, all the different things that go in the Ark of the Covenant, if it were ever found. It would be the most amazing thing ever. Um, I would uh, I would think that you could almost write a book, a novel, a historical fiction novel, talking about where the Ark of the Covenant ended up, like how it got there. Like you could do a whole series of novels that interlace history with the Ark of the Covenant and then where it rests today. But where does it rest today? Um should we, yeah, I guess we could talk about that for a little bit. Where does it rest today? Um, nobody knows. Um, there are several different places. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to go over to Wikipedia and we're just going to um, read a little bit of the Wikipedia to find out exactly where it is, okay? Um, so, where's the whereabouts of the Ark of the Covenant? Since its disappearance from the biblical narrative, there have been a number of claims of having discovered or of having possession of the Ark, and several possible places have been suggested for its location. 2 Maccabees 2, 4-10, written about 100 B.C., says that the prophet Jeremiah, being warned by God before the Babylonian invasion, took the Ark, the tabernacle, and the altar of incense and buried them in a cave on Mount Nebo. Informing those of his followers who wish to find the place that it should remain unknown until the time that God should gather his people again together and receive them unto mercy. Mount Nebo is also described in the Bible, Deuteronomy 34, as the site from which Moses views the promised land. Mount Nebo is approximately 47 kilometers slightly south of due east from Jerusalem, near the east bank of the Jordan River. So one potential place comes from the Maccabees. This is a Jewish writing. This is an intertestamental writing. This is after the prophets and before Jesus comes. There's these uh, intertestamental writings. uh, They're normally called the Apocrypha, the extra books. And one of those is 2 Maccabees, written about 100 BC, so about 100 years before Christ. And they say that Jeremiah, being warned by God before the Babylonian invasion, took the ark, Uh, And put it on Mount Nebo, which is about, what, 47 kilometers slightly south uh, of due east from Jerusalem. So um, that that place would be interesting because it almost sounds like um, Shangri-La or um, what's the uh, musical where the place shows up every hundred years? Um, You know how much I'm talking about the musical. Anyway that that it's there in plain sight but it can't be seen because God is is like hiding it from sight. Because if it was truly on Mount Nebo, it would not be hard for an archaeological, you know, expedition to go all the way around Mount Nebo and look in every nook and cranny to see if you could find the Ark of the Covenant. But God's going to hide it and then he would release it on the last day. So that would be It could be sitting there right in front of you, but God's doing an optical illusion. You can't see it because it's sitting there. That could be one of the places that it is. Um, But there could be other places. It could be the Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church because they claim to possess the Ark of the Covenant in Aksum. The Ark is currently kept under guard in a treasury near the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion replicas of the tablets within the ark or tabots are kept in every ethiopian orthodox tewahedo church and kept in its own holy of holies each with its own dedication to a particular saint the most popular of these include saint mary saint george and saint michael kebra nagast is often said to have been composed to legitimize the solomonic dynasty which ruled the ethiopian empire following its establishment in 1270, but this is not the case. It was originally composed in some other language. Okay, so we don't want to talk about that. That's the, uh, let's see, any of this other stuff, yeah. Um, here we go. On June 25th, 2009, the patriarch of the Orthodox Church of Ethiopia, Abune Palos, said he would announce to the world the next day the unveiling of the Ark of the Covenant, which he said had been kept safe and secure in the Church of Axum, Ethiopia, the following day, on 26 June 2009, the patriarch announced that he would not unveil the Ark after all, but that instead he could attest to its current status. <laughs> ah, so it's also possibly in this Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Now, oh, what are what is the Ethiopian Orthodox Church? The Ethiopian Church, which is directly under Egypt. Ethiopia is under you know, Egypt. Than um, Ethiopia. Um, uh, What's the country? There's a country that separates them. um, uh, You know, the. Anyway, uh, someone starts with an L. Anyway, um, but Ethiopia, it's right across from the Red Sea. Uh, They have a port onto, um, you know, the Red Sea, kind of in that area. Um, In Ethiopia, they have this church body called the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. And they have been around since uh, Philip, the orth, you know, the Philip uh, met the Ethiopian eunuch and baptized him. And then the Ethiopian eunuch went back to uh, Ethiopia and started that church. Queen of Sheba is from Ethiopia. There is a long, long, long history of Christianity that has existed in Ethiopia since the beginning of christianity so this is basically christianity spread to the west and went to ethiopia and this church they call it the ethiopian orthodox church because it's orthodox it is an orthodox church it's been around since jesus uh, or since right after the time of jesus but they're not roman catholic and then you have another church called the eastern orthodox which is an orthodox church been around for a long time but it's in the east and then you have the Roman Catholic Church. They call themselves Roman Catholic, but they're an Orthodox Church. Orthodox Churches, Orthodox means that they have Orthodox theology, that it is um, compatible with scriptures. It's just a different form of the church. And so you have Ethiopian Orthodox, you have Russian Orthodox, you have the Church in Rome, which is Orthodox, you have the Eastern Orthodox. Anytime you see the word orthodox, it means that it follows orthodoxy. It is, it is a orthodox church. Well, one of those is in Ethiopia. And most of the, the thoughts about the Ark of the Covenant are that they kind of ended up in the Ethiopian area. And so this is one of these churches, the Abuna or the Orthodox Church of Ethiopia said that they have the Ark of the Covenant. And then uh, one day they were going to uh, show it to the world, which would have been the most incredible thing ever um and then they didn't show now why wouldn't they show it to the world well there's two explanations here one is that it doesn't actually exist in the church um which would be interesting or the second one is is that as soon as they unleash it to the world or show it to the world the world would immediately come and try to bomb it you know, like if you're if you're against Christianity it'd be a thing great thing to bomb or if you're against Judaism it'd be a great thing to bomb um steal it uh i mean all those different things you would you would want to to do now one of the things the church could do is they could take a whole bunch of pictures of it and then put it in a safe place um but that would that would mean that there would be a whole lot of people in this world billions of people trying to find the location of this thing so maybe it is better for them if they know it exists to say you know what it exists is good enough And if you have faith and you believe that it exists, then great. And if you don't have faith and you don't believe it exists, you're not going to go rob the thing. Um, All right, any other places? Well, let's just look at one more. The Lemda people of South African Zimbabwe have claimed that their ancestors carried the Ark South, calling it the Negoma Lungundu, or Voice of God, eventually hiding it in a deep cave in the Dungay Mountains, their spiritual home. On 14th of October of April 2008, The UK channel documentary, Tudor Parfit, taking a literalist approach to the biblical story, described his research into this claim. He says that the object described by the Lemda has attributes similar to the Ark, similar size, carried on poles by priests, was not allowed to touch the ground, and was revered as a voice of their God and was used as a weapon of great power, sweeping the enemies aside. Uh, In his book, The Lost Ark of the Covenant, Parfit also suggests that the Ark was taken to Arabia following the events depicted in the second book of Maccabees and cites Arabic sources which maintain it was brought in distant time to Yemen. One Lemda clan, the Buba, which was supposed to have brought the Ark to Africa, have a genetic signature called the Cohen modal halotype. This suggests a male Semitic link to the Levant. Lemda tradition maintains the Ark spent some time in Sina in Yuma Yemen. Later, it was taken across the sea to East Africa and may have been taken inland at the time of the great Zimbabwe civilization. According to their oral tradition, some time after the arrival of the Lemda with the Ark, it self-destructed. Using a core from the original, the Lemda priest constructed a new one. This replica, as discovered in a cave by Swedish-German missionary named Harvald, Von Sicard in the 1940s and eventually found its way to the Museum of Human Science in Harare. Parfit had this artifact radiocarbon dated to about 1350, which coincided with the sudden end of the great Zimbabwe civilization. So according to this tradition, they had the Ark. The Ark was destroyed. They rebuilt it. um, But then something happened uh, and all of a sudden the great Zimbabwe civilization died. So maybe they opened up the Ark. I don't know. There are other places. Um, It's said to have been in the Basilica of St. John Lateran. It's supposed to be in France. It's supposed to be in the United States. According to Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's actually in the CIA archives somewhere. (laughs) It could be in Rome. It could be in Ireland. It could be in Egypt. In Tutankhamun. Well, this one's interesting. In 1922, in the Valley of the Kings in Egypt, the royal tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamen was opened by Howard Carter and Lord Carnarvon. Among the artifacts was a processional ark listed as Shrine 261, the Anubis Shrine. Almost immediately after the publication of the photographs of this sensational archaeological find, some claimed that the Anubis Shrine could be the Ark of the Covenant. John M. Lundquist author of the Temple of Jerusalem, past, present, and future, discounts this idea. The Anubis Shrine measures 95 centimeters, 37 centimeters, and 54 centimeters high. Uh, and it's the shape of a pylon. The biblical Ark of the Covenant is approximately 133 centimeters, 52 inches long, 80 centimeters wide, and 80 centimeters high, the shape of a rectangular chest. So apparently this does not fit. While it's close to the description of the Ark, it is not the Ark. So, Um, All that is to say is that uh, if they ever found the Ark of the Covenant and displayed it to the world, it would be one of the most amazing archaeological finds ever, ever. And people would pay all sorts of money to go find that Ark and to visit it. But it would be the most, I cannot think, as far as an archaeological thing goes, um you know, and there might be in different dynasties and different cultures around the world, but as far as Western Judeo-Christian culture, um, I can't think of anything, anything that would be more sought after and more incredibly wonderful ever than the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, it truly would be the find of a lifetime. And, uh, I doubt it was destroyed, but it could have been because if you were um, Babylonian Empire or Persian Empire or any other empire and you conquer the Israelites and you got yourself a hold of this, the amount of gold that was on it would have been incredible. And so you could have taken all the gold and destroyed it because it's a foreign god and you know taken the gold and used it, in which case. And since gold never goes bad, right, gold continues to be reused and reused and reused, it's possible that if that happened, that part of the gold from the Ark of the Covenant could actually be in Fort Knox, where we keep our national treasure of gold. Although, I don't know if there's gold in Fort Knox. Is there gold in Fort Knox, or do they just tell us that there's gold in Fort Knox? And they've really sold the gold to help pay for, you know, lavish, you know, lifestyles of pay people who have control of the gold in Fort Knox. I don't know. Be interesting to see. I would love to have if it were me and there was gold in Fort Knox, I would want a video camera just showing the the gold. But that would be then again people want to come and steal the gold out of Fort Knox. Maybe the Ark of the Covenant is in Fort Knox in the form of this and that's part of the gold in the national treasure. I don't know. I don't know. I uh of all the things that are historical In the Bible, the Ark of the Covenant is probably the one that probably excites me the most. I don't know why, but it probably, it just does. And maybe it's because of the movie, The Rages of the Lost Ark. Um, Or maybe it's just because it's just such a cool thing. Uh, And if we ever found the Ark of the Covenant, what would we do with it? I don't know. Um, We couldn't open it. We could give it back to the Jewish people because it was theirs to begin with, right? That would be something that would seem the most honorable thing to do. It probably should not, well, since Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law and everything about this Ark is Jesus, I guess it's probably very appropriate then to have it in possession of the Christian church. So the Ethiopian Orthodox Church is a honorable organization to have the Ark of the Covenant. But, um, you know, it could also be Europe. It could also be the United States, I suppose. Um the most powerful country in the world certainly would keep it safe, I think. I don't know. But the most powerful country in the world probably would do something stupid like say, well, we can't keep safe archaeological artifacts for one religion and not all of them. So we're just going to burn it down and take pictures. And that's what we're going to do. I don't know. Anyway, so I think that's enough of the Ark of the Covenant today. Although I'll think about it. Maybe there'll be some more stuff that I'll talk about at our next episode. But um, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Gracious God, thank you for your presence and the ark. And uh, if it exists still, Lord, or doesn't exist, we thank you for uh, directing people to create it. Uh, If it does exist, Lord, keep it safe as you keep us safe until the last day. In Jesus' name, amen.